She had people coming, coming up to her and saying, you know, I have been in and out of prison for 15, 20 years. I have done everything, every program in the system, I've done therapy, and I've never done anything like this. And this is what we need. This is what we need. If I had done this, you know, years ago, I don't even know if I would be here today. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Missions That Made Them. I am your host, Jason Verdelli. This isn't just a podcast, but rather it's a movement. It's a movement designed to make the world a better place by bringing more awareness to the great work of the people and organizations making a difference, and more importantly, how you can help. We live in a world today surrounded by a narrative in the media that focuses in on negativity and draws attention to the problems, but not the solutions. Our guests represent the solutions, not the problems. With that, I am super excited today to introduce our guest, Jennifer Lutters, with The Realness Project. And these guys are just amazing, absolutely amazing what they're doing. Super, super excited. And we're going to dig into their story, learn about uh, what they're doing and how they're helping to be a part of the solution. One of the th big things that we talk about in this podcast is making you, the individual person, part of the solution and not part of the problem. So it's uh, to not be exposed to the problems and to start working with organizations just like the Realness Project to make this world a greater place. So without further ado, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you, Jason. I am really excited to be here with you. Excellent. So tell everybody what the Realness Project's about. All right. So we have a mission to transform the culture of incarceration by empowering human connection. And so what that means is that we deliver, primarily we deliver programs and training um, in prisons and also more increasingly in um, for post-release. Um, but we deliver workshops that are intended to help people create better relationships and have stronger communication skills. And so essentially it's based on um, a modality that has, is called authentic relating. That is the foundation of the work that we do. And so really, yeah, it's about in our workshops, we do a lot of um, learning to be present uh, developing curiosity, listening skills, and um, having a finding a balance between humility and dignity. Um, learning to unbox people the way we look. We look at the ways that we tend to put people in categories and how to let go of that. And then um, we do we work a lot with conflict transformation as well. So. Um, how to receive feedback, how to, if somebody's coming at you with a charge, like how to be, respond to that skillfully. And also if you have something that's bothering you, how to bring that to someone else in a skillful way. And so these are just, you know, a few of the things that we, we teach in, in our workshops and, um, and we're working primarily with, with inmates and incarcerated people in Colorado. Um, but also we have worked with staff and we've worked with companies that are hiring people that are coming out of prison and we are starting to hopefully get involved with youth as well. And, um, and also, yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of different things on our plates, but I'll just leave it at that yeah. for, as an introduction. That's, that's incredible. That's a lot. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot of stuff, you know, so you're, so tell us, tell us a little bit about what I always like to understand the story about how yeah. people get to where you're at. We'll go, we'll dive a little bit further into the realness project, but sure. how did you end up there? Well, I was, um, I've been, I've been going deep into authentic relating and this kind of cousin to authentic relating called circling. Um, I discovered it probably about four or five years ago when I was going through a challenging time in my life and I was feeling down, depressed, um, kind of a dark night of the soul. And um, I was invited to an event that um, introduced some of these, some of these skills. And I remember just connecting with people 
in that in that event and just feeling like this vitality come back to my body. And it was just like this aliveness <laughs> that I hadn't felt in a long time. And it was just like, it was really just beautiful, like real connections with people. And yeah. it was just sort of like, you know, cutting through everything that wasn't important and just getting to the heart <laughs> and seeing people like who they really were and feeling seen. And there was something in that experience that I just wanted more and more. And I was like, you know, they were doing this a couple times a week where I was living. And I was like, I want to do this every day. Like, I want to immerse in this. Yeah. And someone told me about a center in Boulder, Colorado, where this was their primary focus. It's called the Integral Center. And it has since closed. But um, I got really involved uh, with the work. And... I'll, um, I'll kind of swing back to how I got involved, but I'll, from here, I'll share a little bit about how Realness Project started and kind of weaved the two yeah. together, if that's okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so the Integral Center was where people were going really deep in these practices. They were, you know, um, they had trainings and they had all sorts of workshops. And when it closed, um, there was certain people who'd been involved for many years started other projects. And a couple of them started um, what is Art International. And they took a lot, of the, a lot of the skills and practices and kind of synthesized them all down into a two-day workshop. And they started offering this workshop all over the world and um, to you know, mostly the general public, but also businesses. And one of the co-founders was actually mentoring men in the Boulder County Jail. And so he was bringing in a lot of these tools and practices to the men that he was mentoring there. And they loved it. And they were like, this is great. You know, we're really receptive. And he thought, huh, I wonder if we could do this two-day workshop here. And so he got approval. And um, he invited his friend, Lori Lazar, who he'd known for a long time, who also spent a lot of time at the Integral Center and did the training as a facilitator and invited her to come along and, and to staff it. And so they did the two-day workshop, not really knowing how it would go over. And yeah. it was just incredible. Like the, the feedback that they received from the participants kind of blew their mind. And um, Lori said, you know, she had people coming, coming up to her and saying, you know, I have been in and out of prison for 15, 20 years. I have done everything, every program in the system. I've done therapy and I've never done anything like this. And this is what we need. This is what we need. If I had done this, you know, years ago, I don't even know if I would be here today. And they're like, please, like, please get this in the system. And she talks about that was the day that I got my marching orders. And so she created a spreadsheet and she just started cold, cold calling prisons in Colorado and said, hey, you know, we have this workshop and it's, it's gotten really good feedback and we want to bring it to you. And that's kind of how things got started with Realness Project. Um, coming back to me, I had actually been um, teaching meditation in the women's prison in Denver. And, um, and I enjoyed that. But like, I, when I heard that they were doing this practice that had lit me up so much all those years ago, um, in prisons, it was just like, you know, sign me up. And so I just called Lori. Yeah. I said, you know, I want to go next time and let's, let's do it. And that was pretty much it. Um, about 25 programs later, <laughs> I, wow. um, yeah, I'm still here and just really feel passionate about the mission and the work and how it's been received. And, um, yeah, it's been real blessing in my life. That is that that's amazing. That's an amazing story. And, and it's, it's crazy. When I hear stories about how people get to where they're at, usually it involves some sort of experience where they, everybody's, everybody alludes to not or close to everybody alludes to the fact that they've been almost called to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. They have this sense of, ah, aha, we got to do this. Right. Cause we're part of there. You're part of something and get exposed to the, the, the benefit you see the impact that you're actually really making. And then it's like, we got to do this. We, we have to, to build something. We have to build this uh, our way, right? <laughs> in, a, in a way that, that would be the, you know, the way you, you would envision that. But Absolutely. So, I think that especially just yeah. having had the experience of seeing how much these, these practices had just really 
brought me from a place that was really challenging and kind of brought, you know, new vitality and excitement. And then being able to yeah. take these same things and teach it to people who are, you know, obviously in a very challenging place and dark place, like to be able to, um, to just see how, how it's impacting them. It is, it's just, it's, it's so inspiring and it really, it really yeah. is sort of the juice of <laughs> what keeps us going. Yeah. So what's the, can you give me a couple of examples? I know you, with the programs that you offer, uh, can you just touch on those a little bit? Sure. So initially we started offering, um, a two day program that is called the art of being human. And so it touches on some of the aspects I alluded to earlier, but kind of a lot of the things that we really should have learned in, you know, elementary school or sometime at some point in school, we should have learned, you know, just basic right. relational and communication skills, but we really didn't. And so this is really um, a two-day course in, in human connection and how to really relate to people at a deeper level and to really listen and to share impact, like notice you know, what's going on when, you know, when you said that, I noticed I felt, I feel really constricted and angry. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah. and so, so it's a lot of these types of tools. And, um, and so in the two day workshop, we introduce these tools and it's extremely experiential. So usually there's like a little teaching piece and then break out into twos, break out into um, triads, um, and do exercises and then come back together in the circle. And so, um, and so it's, it's, that's a little bit the design over the two days. That's the art of being human. And then, hmm. um, during COVID actually, we worked on curriculum for a four month program, which we're calling, um, communications, conflict transformation and relational leadership training. So it's kind of a mouthful. Can you, can you say that seven times fast? <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is to kind of take what we're doing in the two days and really expand it over a longer period. Because I'm sure a lot of people, especially people who've done um, a lot of personal growth or spiritual types of things, you know, you can have a really great like two day experience. And then if you're not like, if you're not using the skills, if you're not integrating, then it's, you know, it's hard to sustain it. And also right. there can be a come down, like you can be, you know, super fired up and then uh, feel kind of flat afterwards. Like, wait, you know, what happened to that, all that enthusiasm and everything. Right. Um, so, so part of the design of this four month program is to have more continuity and to take it and just have more spaciousness. And so the, so we're taking out the conflict pieces and have a whole day with just working with conflict and, um, you know, working with, with emotions. And, um, so that's one of the, one of the months, um, yeah. another month is relational leadership. So really it's about how to create context for my life. Like really looking at, you know, what is my why and how do I, how do I create what I want and enroll other people in, in the game that I'm playing? And um, how do I be a relational leader in my life, in a conversation? Like, you know, instead of just going into the default, how can I engage my parents and, you know, say, hey, this is, this is what would feel really good for me, for us to talk about. You know, can I enroll you in that? And, and so fi figuring out how we want our relationships to be and then finding ways to actually create that for ourselves and enroll the other people in them. And so that's, that's somewhat of what we're alluding to with relational leadership is just really kind of stepping up into the world, even if it's in simple ways, just in our, you know, our partner relationships or with our kids or, you know, in broader community and um, uh, leading projects or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and then the last month of the, of the four month program is, is a graduation and they will they will um, present um, an exercise or a game and and enroll and um, and basically graduate in order to be to be leaders. And right now, what we're trying to do is bring on more leaders within the prison. So we would love to have people leading exercises and leading groups when we're not there, and also lead with us. So when we come back into the prison. 
um, they're leading alongside us. They're, they're leading certain exercises and then eventually, you know, leading the course alongside of us. Right. So, um, so ideally we'd like to have people on the inside leading with us when we go in and then also when they come out leading with us from the outside. So ideally we'd have every single workshop would be one person from the outside and one person who's been on the inside. And yeah, they can relate to it. It seems exactly a lot better too. you know, the people that are in that are their inmates, they obviously they see, see somebody else who was an inmate was in that scenario. And now they're, they're part of the teaching of it totally. <laughs> and yeah. that goes a long way. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we're also, um, we've started a graduate program. Um, so we are, um, in between these sessions, we're in, we're in a lot closer communication with people. Um, and then when they get out, having, connecting them with resources for when they get out. And, um, in terms of post-release, we, we are partnering with a big, um, a big organization in Colorado called Second Chance Center that has been doing, um, that has been doing re-entry work for a long time. And so we're starting to do workshops with them and also eventually training people on the outside as well to be course leaders with us. Wow. That's incredible. The, the thing I'm picking up here in mm -hmm. outside of the programs and everything else is it, my, ex, my experience, my thought is that I don't think when, when people go to prison mm -hmm. and their inmates, there, it seems to be this just terrible place, mm -hmm. right? And they've, they've obviously done something wrong and, and that's part of the punishment and everything else, but there's supposed to be rehabilitation, right? There's, there's supposed to be these types of things to, to help people that uh, also may have been dealt a bad hand of cards through, through life and didn't have the same, didn't have the parenting, didn't have the influence there and those types of things. And, you know, the, I, I think this is a real big part of the solution as I see it, mm -hmm. where you're coming in there and you're teaching things like conflict resolution. I would have never thought, I mean, that makes sense given where they're at, <laughs> right? right? But right. The, it would, you would never really think of those things. You would never really think of that being part of the, you know, the, the, the program, if you will, or a part of their, their experience there. Um, you know, you just kind of think of inmates kind of going through the, through there and then, and then they end up, but the problem is, is they, uh, you have a lot of recidivism, right? I think the repeat yeah. uh, rate of, of people coming back and going into prison. So I mean, what's the, uh, what's your viewpoint on that? What's your viewpoint on prisons that the prisons that, you know, that, that maybe aren't working with you or the prisons that are out there that, that aren't doing this versus the, the prisons that are engaged with organizations like yourself that are doing this. What, what's the impact? What's the, what do you think that, what do you think the thing that's missing there is? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as you said, like a lot of times, you know, people, if they, if they haven't already gotten into crime, prison is where, you know, things can, right. things can happen. And, and yeah, there's not, there really isn't a lot of, um, they call them correctional facilities, but there's not um, right. a lot of actual correction in terms of. Just call them punishment facilities. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as you said, like 95% of people who go to prison will get out. And the number one, within the, if you look at the criminogenic factors, one of the number one things that make people recidivate is they don't have the adequate pro-social skills. And so, you know, they come out and often will go back to, you know, to hang out with the same people that they were with that, you know, they got into trouble with. Or, you know, go back to families that they just, they don't have good relations. They're not able to feel, you know, a lot of, a lot of connection or not, don't really know how to, to be on a job interview, how to make eye contact. Right. Um, so a lot of what we're, what we're doing is, is just helping with these, these, these basic skills that will help them to deepen their, their primary relationships 
And then, you know, the ripple effects of that, like how it impacts their families and how it impacts the communities that they go back into. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I agree with you a hundred percent on that with the fact that there really isn't a lot of, I think part of the problem today, mm -hmm. we talk about problem solution here in the podcast. Part of the problem is that there isn't, there isn't really a solution oriented approach when some, you know, with inmates in the, they're going through the quote unquote correctional facility, right. uh, they're, they're, they're part of this program, but it's saying, or they're part of a program, whatever that is. But the things you're saying, mentioning too, are like really good skills to have, especially like mm -hmm. they're, they realize when they get out, you know, the things that enable them to, instead of going back and doing the same thing that got them in trouble in the first place mm -hmm. or hanging around with the same people that got them in trouble in the first place, you're teaching them the skills so they don't end up in this, that, that same area. You're teaching them things as far as like how to deal with confrontation, right? Not use a knife or not use a gun, but right. you know, you use, uh, here's a different way to, to go about doing that. Yeah. And, uh, that's huge. Yeah. Actually, one of the, one of the exercises we do, um, is around context. We talk a lot about context and, um, you know, the different areas of, of creating context, but one of them is um, an exercise where they look at kind of the who, what, when, where, why, like what, what was my context for life before coming to prison? Who was I come, who was I hanging out with? What was, how was I spending my time? What was my why? Like, what was, you know, what was right. I living for? And then if they're going to be in for, you know, an extended period, like what kind of context, even though we're in prison and there's a lot of rules and there's a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of restrictions, but still there's all this, I can, I can create, you know, how I show up in the world and how I relate to people, how I relate to my cellmate, you know, how often I talk to my child and what kinds of conversations that we have. Um, and then if they're getting out soon, it's like, okay, what's going to be my why when I get out? Uh, who am I going to hang out with? Um, and so they're yeah. recreating this, really looking at this through this lens of like, you know, creating the kind of context that's going to help them to be ultimately successful and have the kinds of relationships that are going to be nourishing to them and to help them to thrive. So like one yeah. guy, for example, he was doing this exercise. And when he said where, like the where, he said, I'm not going to go anywhere. I couldn't bring my daughter. Mm. And, um, yeah, that was, it was very powerful, but, um, yeah, well, that's, and, and so you, you've really dug deep what you're, what you're doing, the work that you, you're doing and the realness project is doing is, as I see it is digging deep, right? You're digging deep into the why, I mean, you know, it's one thing to like train people, conflict resolution and all that stuff, but digging deep into the why. Mm -hmm. And those types of things, like you don't think, I mean, I wouldn't think about that being training that would be inside of a prison, right? <laughs> like that's just, that's, uh, it, it goes, you're, we, I see it as really, you're, you guys are going a, a much layer deeper, uh, mm -hmm. layers and layers deeper mm -hmm. to find those things. And, and man, that makes a huge impact on, on people's life. Yeah. It, can, can you tell me a story or do you have some examples of, uh, of some of those, uh, you know, somebody that's gone through the program and, okay. and, you know, I mentioned about, uh, the guy, you know, the person that had, you know, said, I'm not going anywhere without my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, ones like that. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of small things like people will come back and yeah. just share something like, um, you know, one guy was sharing, he, he talks to, he calls his parents and, um, usually his dad answers the phone and it's usually like, uh, Hey dad, what's up? Um, you know, and passes it to mom. So then he'll have a conversation with mom. And he said, you know, after he did the the first day and he shared this on the second day, he said, you know what? I decided to really, you know, engage with dad and like get curious and listen to him and reflect back to him. And he said, and he said that his dad was sort of caught off guard, um, but they yeah. had this really beautiful conversation and he said it was, and he had tears in his eyes and he was sharing, like, I feel like I can have a relationship with my dad. And, yeah. and that um, wasn't there previously, like the that same. That wasn't there previously. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's things like that, but then there's also like, he, like, could I read you a letter actually of 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. This was, this was a guy who, um, had taken, had taken our course at, at, at one prison. And, um, it was a prison where there were a lot of, um, people in gangs in, in that actual course. And then he was transferred to another prison. He, it was more of pre-release people in there. And he took the, he took the workshop again and he shared this story with us. And we were kind of blown away and we're like, really, did this really happen? And, and yeah. we asked him if he could just, you know, write a testimonial. And so I'll just share that with yeah. you, Jason. Absolutely. Um, okay. He says, my name's Tyler. I'm 22 years old. Others know me as the kid. Currently I'm in Colorado department of correction facility. My first prison was an I won't say the name. Um, I have taken right. so many classes and yes, some of them have helped me in some way or another, but the class I'm going to tell you about meant the most and made a major impact on my life. For example, I've made vitals amends in my personal relationship. I have new healthy relationships with pro-social people. I loved how much of a positive effect this class had on my life and the others around me. I took it twice. The second time was at a lower custody level. Let me tell you how much of an impact this class had at a very dangerous prison. There was a major problem between opposite races and gangs and a riot was soon to take place. But the main leaders of each gang participated in this class. At the end of the first day, the shot callers all had to sit down and practice the tools that were given to us. If you want specifics, people were going to be hurt badly, maybe even killed. And it didn't happen thanks to Realness Project. Me personally, I'm thankful because I'm a father, a brother, and a son. I feel that it should be mandatory that men and women on the inside of the system take this workshop. If I had these tools, I, would, I may never have joined the Hell's Angels gang. I would have probably not run to alcohol and drugs to self-medicate. I would know how to honor self. I would know how to react appropriately to others. I pray this program expands to not just adults, but to our youth as well. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. And this is, this is somebody in, is in prison. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it sounds you, I would never in my life ever would have guessed a, a somebody that had gone, been in prison, wrote a letter like that. <laughs> never. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, again, it's, it's just, we talk again, I, we, you, I, Big on the solution, right? I'm big on what can we do to as a as a community. What can we do to to make this world a better place? And 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 we need to look at everybody as as how can we help each other? And yes, there are people who made some bad decisions and and everything, but to to get that solution to say, hey, you know, when you when you when you're done with your prison term, you while you're here you can become a better person, mm-hmm. right? Just because they, they, they messed up, they had a, they, whatever that is what it is. But I mean, to get this, to have, to go through a program like that and to hear a story like that mm-hmm. is, I mean, I just think that's a huge miss in, in, inside of, you know, think about all the prisons that are out there. I mean, what, mm-hmm. you know, how many lives can be saved, right? <laughs> from, from the, from gang riots and everything else, because of they, un, now, because they're trained with, to understand how to deal with conflict and how to deal and then look at scenarios like that and prevent them. Yeah. Or to be a part of the prevention of them. Right. Absolutely. So that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Actually, the, related um, to that, can I share just, uh, well, there's a couple of stories. I don't know how much time we have. Um, oh, <laughs> but go, yeah, well, go. Well, one is um, okay. So when Lori during this is not my story. I didn't witness this, but Lori, the very first yeah. program they did at the Boulder County Jail, she was in a partner. Um, she was she was in a dyad with someone else, and they were doing an exercise together. And she is Jewish, and um, at the break. She was curious about like, you know, race relations and just the dynamics of, um, of, you know, between various gangs and various, um, races within the prison. And so she, she asked him, she said, um, I don't remember what she asked him exactly, but she asked him a question along those lines, like, what's it like in here? And he kind of got, he kind of looked at her and he's like, why are you asking me that? 
And she said, well, you know, I'm just curious. And then he said, well, let me show you something. And he kind of pulled up his, his sleeve and it said on his leg and it said white. And then the other one said power. And he had, he had um, swastikas. He had been involved in, in a white supremacist gang for, since he was 17. Um, And he said that he, you know, he was just finally starting to really see things differently and, and that meeting her as a Jewish person, you know, really made an impact on him and the connection that they had in that, in that, yeah. in that time that they shared together. And it was interesting because then after that, ex- after they got back together, they opened it up to the wider group, the circle, and just asked about like, what is it like for you? Like, how do you feel, how do you feel like you've been labeled or are categorized based on your race or based on your religion or based on being in prison, you know, being a right. criminal and being, you know, viewed right. in a particular way. And so they shared their experiences. And so that's now something that we introduce in, in all the programs. We have a time where we really talk about how these things um, play out in prison and um, one other quick thing I'll share that I was part of was um, there was um, one one guy was sharing and he was black and he stood up and he he said he looked over and he said that guy it was a white guy and he said um, you know normally I would never have talked to that guy like we just you know would never cross paths in the yard nothing and he said right. um, we shared an exercise yesterday and he said and I realized we actually have a lot in common. And so yesterday in the yard, we, after, after class, we sat down and we just talked. And then he looked and he just said, that guy, he is now my brother. And the other, the white guy got up and they, and they embraced in the middle of the circle. And, um, it was, it was very, very powerful. Yeah. When you look at things to like the racial divide, Right. We hear this a lot. You know, this is a big, 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 big topic. That's it's always sort of been a topic and that's that's been out there. But when you look at the programs like this, which are really bringing people, you're bringing people together, but you're bringing people together, not because of the color of their skin, not because uh, the program is offered to everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't matter if you're black, you're white. Doesn't matter. You're not dealing with religion. It doesn't matter what religion you are. We are, you know, if you think about it, at the end of the day, we're all in this together, right? So we're stuck with each other, whether we like it or not. (laughs) We are stuck with each other. We got to work together. That's right. And when you have programming like that, I think that's the big part of the solution that's missing in this world is that I think you need to have programming that allows people to see each other's standpoint and point of views and not be disrupted by a larger message that's out there and saying and saying hey well you know this group of people over here they're bad because well this group of people over here they're bad because well no well if we get them together Mm. and we get them into the same you know we can get them to just talk and everything else and, and that just that getting together part i think that's what your program is doing that is big part of i think the solution of of you know race the race divide the uh the religion everything else that's been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years right we just have more media nowadays that can that brings us to light and says okay this is a problem but it's been going on for a long time and uh i just think that this type of thing is 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 the real deal it's the real solution yeah 100 percent. it's really you know it's really easy. Like if, if somebody, if a group is in a category, it's really easy to kind of dismiss or to hate that particular category. But if you are getting to know mm-hmm. a person at a human level and connecting with them heart to heart and seeing that this is a human being with like similar dreams and challenges and you know, goals and, and things that they go through and you're connecting on that level and sharing, it's mm-hmm. really hard to hate someone or it is. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's, and that's, I think a big, a big thing is that in my view is that if we, we look at it that way, we look at it, we are just, we are just people. Mm-hmm. And if we stop, uh, the other thing is, is I do think we are, we as people, we are a product of what we're exposed to. 
Mm. So if we're exposed to media that tells us uh, that that frames it up, that saying this group of people is, you know, anti-black or this group of people is anti-white and everything else, then, you know, you know, you're going to they're going to start to sway if they if certain people believe a certain thing, other people are going to follow that because they're being exposed to that media. It doesn't necessarily mean that they believe it in my view, mm -hmm. but it's because they're being exposed to it mm -hmm. and everything because they're being exposed to the negativity that's associated with this group is bad or this group is bad or whatever that is, right? Whether it's race or whether it's religion or, or whatever, mm -hmm. that's, that's the, that's, I think is, is big part of the problem. If people can just take a step back and say, I'm not going to let social media, I'm not going to let uh, TV and all this other media that we get exposed to dictate or at least influence. It doesn't really dictate, but it sort of does, does sway to some degree subliminally, I think in a lot of ways, uh, people's viewpoint, perspective, and worldview on these things. And I think, if man, if they can just get in front of these other – get in front of the other people, have a conversation, you realize, you know, yeah, everything out there – that's trying to just draw your attention because mm -hmm. that's what their job is. Media's job is to draw your attention in. Right. They're in the business of attention first. It's an attention economy for them. So if they could be negative in this and that. They're going to draw more views, going to draw all of that. But man, if they can, if, if more organizations like yours and, and I love what you guys are doing that uh, bring people together mm. and you're doing this in prisons, but that's, that's the uh, that's a huge solution. That's going that's going to save lives. That's going to do. It's going to as a community. That's going to bring us together. I think. Absolutely, I agree with everything you just said. Like I feel like on a like from a technical technological viewpoint, like every problem we have in this world, there's like a way to solve it. The problem is, is. is just we can't get together and actually like have conversations and, yeah. and not fight and not, you know, just have like for the reasons that you're talking about. Like it's just so if we can like break through and actually have people connecting with each other and seeing the humanity in each other and and just feeling um, each other's hearts like it's the creativity flows from there. I mean, mm -hmm. everything, everything is solvable. Ultimately, I think. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree. You know, you can even look at this Absolutely. on the political side. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with them politically. Yes. Or, uh, but at the same time, I think if you if you look at uh, people, we realize, hey, okay, well, po political side of things, mm -hmm. for instance, that is there to create to create a governing body, right? We elect people mm -hmm. in in office to do that to to do certain things, right? To make decisions for us and everything else, whether you like them or not, mm -hmm. they get voted in. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a whole different subject, but the uh, <laughs> we'll stay away from that. But the point is, is that I think we, we as the people though, have the ability to make that change. We have the, we have the people that don't need to rely on the media. We don't have to rely on, on the company we work for to solve our problems. We have to rely on the media to solve our problem. We don't have to rely on a politician to solve our problems. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to, to do this. We can get, uh, you know, you can take part in an organization. You can volunteer with, uh, you guys have amazing opportunities, but you can get involved with an organization that's being part of the difference. If you want to change lives, you want to, you want to do all these great things that you talk, you know, people talk about at happy hour and they're all excited and they're, they're all pumped up and everything like that. They might be a little buzzed in the process, but you know, they're, they, you know, people have these grandiose ideas, but they don't do anything about it. Then they go back to, you know, watching the news or, and then, or, you know, uh, whatever, being exposed to social media and then uh, taking that in. But what they're not doing is they're not volunteering. They're not being part of something that is part of the solution. I think more people do that. Uh, man, you can make a, a huge difference in, uh, in, in everybody's life. But even the biggest thing is, is in the community. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge part. What you're doing is a huge part of all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you're saying, it reminds me like, yeah, not having to agree, to agree, but coming together and, and then also like, you know, getting involved and through that involvement, you get to know people in a different way and you actually have mm -hmm. a common goal that transcends right. the differences. 
And then again, and so I love what you're saying about, about that well, as, as a solution. Go ahead. Jennifer, you know, think about, think about COVID for a minute. Mm. Look, think about the pandemic. What did this all force us to do? We had, people had to, to, to work together to some degree, right? You know, if you worked at a company or whatever, you had to compromise, you had to adjust your way of think. The biggest thing that it did, I think, is it adjust your way of, our way of thinking, mm. right? We've, the, the same thing we've done, the same way we've gone about doing things, um, it, it had to change, right? We had, we had the, the, everything within literally a couple of days from, from what I remember had changed. Yeah. You know, so we, 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 there's certain things that are outside of our control, mm-hmm. the macro economy, right? The, the macro environment that we live in, the macro environment we cannot control, right? We can't control if it's going, we can't, we can't stop the rain or we can't stop the snow. Mm-hmm. We can't control those things. But the micro environment, as I see it, we can control. We can control things as far as, you know, how we, we interact with somebody, that's a, that's a, that's a very, that's a thing that we can control. Yes. We can control if we are, uh, we can control the involvement we have or the groups that we, we surround ourselves in, right? The, the groups that we're involved in. Mm-hmm. So you can either be a, a part of a, a, a group on Facebook that's, or, or wherever, whatever social network, or I guess meta now, I guess, whatever they're you know calling it. Um, the, uh, you can get involved into different things that are, are really are going nowhere. It's just, it's, it's really just, you know, kind of feeding negativity. It's weird as, as human beings, we're sort of drawn to those things. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't need to, you don't need to do that. You, the micro, I see it, the micro decisions we make, mm-hmm. the things that we can control, you know, if we all do as a society, if we all looked at just changing the way, changing our habits, though, mm. and, and, and doing that, I think this this becomes something different. Uh, our world becomes something big, uh, big and different uh, from that. And and what you what you've done is you've you've you have and and everybody at the Realness Project has has said, you know, we are going to not only create something that we can control individually and personally, mm-hmm. but we're going to create an organization about this. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to build influence. We're going to, we're going to scale this up. Mm. So I think that's a big part of, of, of what we're talking about today, which is, you know, if we want to make this world a better place, if we don't want these other things, these other, uh, you know, the political divide and all these other things. Let's, as the people, let's talk to each other about this. Let's be open-minded about uh, each other's viewpoints. And it doesn't mean we need to disagree or need to agree with everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if we, as long as you can listen to it and don't come into the conversation with a preconceived notion, yes, cool. then it's a big difference. It's a big difference when you have a conversation, I think, with people that have a preconceived notion before they get there. Mm-hmm than they do if they're a little open-minded. So if you go in a little open-minded, you might, you might disagree with the person and say, okay, well, this ain't working. That's fine. But if you go in with the preconceived notion, then, you know, nothing good comes out of that. So yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, I think that, you know, curiosity is, is really what's needed. Like, yeah, as you said, not agreement. I mean, I think we need our differences. The differences are what are kind of the the ground where creativity mm-hmm. lives and you know differences are are super important and like you know when things are too similar when people are too similar there's like a stasis and so you it know is. there's yep. th- we need flow of different ideas different different religions different races different political viewpoints right. like these are great but but we also need to learn how to listen and to see the person who is behind that and to get curious. And as you said, not go in with a fixed viewpoint, but like maybe ask the question, how can, how can I allow this conversation or this, my meeting with this person to, to change me in some way? So there's, you know, there's humility in it. And so really, how can I, how can I learn something what from this person and, and being open in that way, I just think is really, really important. Yeah. It's, it's 100%, you're 100% right. It's, it's, it's also, but it's, I think it's also about where you, where you hang out, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you could spend your day. I find myself as an example, 
uh, you know, sometime part of the problem. I catch myself. I'm like, okay, I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I'm, you know, uh, scrolling through Instagram or whatever else. And, and then, you know, you, you, you pull up that little news feed thing. It's easy to pull up on your phone here. Oh, well, look at that negative story. Look at that negative story. Well, I gotta, I gotta read that. Right. So then you find yourself because we are a product of our, our habits and our rituals. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the, I think, and I can't remember who said, I think it was Tony Robbins or somebody that said, you, you are, you, you know, you are a product of your rituals, mm-hmm. right? What you do habitually, right? Do you wake up in the morning? Do you, do you, you wake up in the morning and do you roll out of bed and do you go get that donut right away? A donut and coffee, or are you rolling out of bed and putting your sneakers on and going for a walk over a run, right? That's that, that's the difference of, that's a ritual. Yes. But if you think about it every single day, more than ever, this little device, mm-hmm. we pull it up. We scroll, we scroll, we scroll. Before we know it, you got a half hour, an hour, maybe two hours. For some of us, a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you think about it throughout the day, it could be like 10 minutes. You know, okay, we're taking a break. Boom. Well, taking a break, but guess what? You're exposing your mind to, if you're exposing your mind to something that is 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 negative in a way and it's that's it, representing the problems, it doesn't mean you can't learn about what the problems are. Mm-hmm. But if we shifted as an individual, I think if we can shift that saying spend spend a half hour each day, like you have doing a half hour working out or a half hour scrolling through the negative news feed, which gives just gives you anxiety at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. When you get done when I get done scrolling through that thing, I mean I'm just like terribly anxious after going through some of the news stories. Like, oh gosh, you think that you know it's a it's just I mean it seems like a much terrible I mean there's always problems in the world, but you know, there's always been problems in the world and, and people always say about the good old days and everything else. Well, you know, we had nukes pointed back to us back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's been problems all the time, right? So it's just, now it's been much more, we're much more exposed to the media. So if we can pull away and change our habits, change our rituals on that, say we're going to spend a half hour being part of the solution. What is being part of the solution? How do I, how do we vault? Maybe do you volunteer somewhere? Mm-hmm. Do you, share a post. Here you go. If you're a social media, you, you know, you don't want to volunteer. You don't, you don't have, you don't want to donate. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Share a post from something that's actually good. Mm-hmm. Take the time of doing that. Take Imagine taking a half hour out of your day that you were spending going through, through negative news feeds, everything else, and spending a half hour and saying, you know what, I'm going to take these posts that from organizations that I believe in Mm-hmm. and everything else or and what they're sharing mm-hmm. and and the good news side of things and share that onto social media share that with your friends share that with everything else well guess what if we all start doing that that this movement then that takes place where we're all collectively doing that mm-hmm. we do we truly through the power of force and the power of numbers mm-hmm. can can make that influence and can make that change right Absolutely. Yeah. What you say about like, you know, the macro factors, there's, you know, things happen that we have no control over. I do. Absolutely. There's so much we have control over. And, um, and, and so I think it really does go back to context and like, what is my why? How do I want to live? What kind of a person do I want to be? And then, yeah, what are the habits? What are the rituals? What are the ways I spend my time and energy that support that way of being? And, you know, if I want to be somebody who, is impactful or who makes the world a better place, then, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be the things that you described or whatever lights you up. Like really like what, would, yeah. what would make me feel excited? Maybe like, you know, sharing an appreciation with, um, you know, the janitor in this building and just, you know, telling him he's doing a really good job and you appreciate his yeah. work or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think it doesn't have to be hard or a lot. I think it's just a matter of, of, of getting clear and, and taking action. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, you know, what's really cool is everything in your programs that you've explained does this mm. every single thing, putting people in the right mindset, uh, putting, put, putting people in a scenario where they get to see a, the other person's viewpoint, mm-hmm. putting people in a scenario where they understand the context of their thoughts. They understand their why, their purpose, their mission, and they can find things that align with those things. Mm-hmm. So they might really, over time when you realize that, I don't think all that people that are not in present for me, myself, even for instance, that, that 
you know, you, you find that purpose when you find that mission, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do. And you got, I mean, I've, it's taken me years, almost 40 years, I guess, at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to, to figure this out, to figure out what my, why really is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, that's a tough thing to do. And I think mm-hmm. the, the more people can understand that mm-hmm. and understand they're going to start to align with things. Mm-hmm aligned with scenarios and situations and what they expose themselves to mm-hmm. differently. They're going to, they're going to join different groups. They're going to uh, change their habit of always pulling up that, that YouTube channel that's bashing this side or bashing mm-hmm. that side, mm-hmm. everything else. And and guess what? You know, if you're trying to get richer from it, ain't going to happen. You're trying to feel better from it. Ain't going to happen. You're trying to make more friends from it. Ain't going to happen. You know, it might give you a little bit of entertainment, but outside of that, um, it's not really changing anything, not changing your environment. So, and a weird thing happens when you help them to do great things. You know, it's weird things happen financially to people mm-hmm. that, uh, that get involved, that volunteer. I know some of the, the wealthiest people I know mm-hmm. are the people that volunteer. They, they're philanthropic. They give, and it's just, it has a weird way of, of, of coming back around. So it's, you know, I absolutely love everything that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love your support. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, but Jennifer, this is, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. Um, what, so how can we talk, you know, we spent a good bit of time here talking about why we need to, as a society need to be part of this, mm-hmm. part of the solution and change our habits, change our way of thinking. Right. Mm-hmm. How can somebody do that with the realness project? How can they get involved? How can they, you know, there's then there's donation options. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can they be a part of the solution and and really part of your solution? Yeah, well, you know, we are a pretty uh, lean machine, and we don't um, we don't have a lot of back office. So almost all of our funding goes directly into programs uh, in the prisons, and um, and now to developing more relational leaders within the prisons, and then also outside. So that's. Those are some of the projects that we're working on. And so anything anybody can do to contribute financially to that, um, whether, you know, it's it's a big sum or the five dollar, you know, <laughs> giving up the latte <laughs> for a month yeah. and becoming a recurring donor. I mean, that just it's so invaluable. Every little bit really does. It sounds cliche, but every little bit really does help us to reach more and more people. Um, I didn't mention we're, we're also, um, we've done a staff training because that's the other thing where there's a lot of division is between incarcerated people and correctional officers or the staff. And there's a lot of, you know, um, labeling and boxing and tension. Mm -hmm. And so, um, really helping people to staff, to be able to develop a lot of these skills. And then eventually, uh, we have had staff in, in each of our trainings as well. Um, but so. Um, just anything we can to continue developing our, our programming um, donations would be amazing. Um, also, we have um, what we call the Realness Project Community Connection Call. And we do this once a month. And usually it's someone who has been recently released, a graduate of our program. And they, um, they share about their experiences, what it was like for them in prison, um, what what the what this work uh, made possible for them in their life, how it impacted them, how they're using it in their life. And um, it's a chance for people who might be curious about, um, yeah. you know, what it's like in prison or their experiences. It's a chance for them to really to learn and to share impact. That's one of the it's inspirational too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so that we have one actually coming up this Tuesday. Um, actually, I don't know when this is going to, mm. this is going to air. Um, so it might be I won't, already passed. May or may not. May, may or may not. Maybe not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, February 22nd is our next one, which is Tuesday, but it will be the um, third Tuesday of every month. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. there's information about that on our website. And we just, it, that's what I would say. It's on the website. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really great way for people to learn. Cause we talk a little bit about some of the projects that we're up to um, at the beginning. It's a great way for people to plug in and, um, and then, yeah, any, you know, volunteers, any sort of support um, you can just contact us and, and I'm sure we can find a way to, to plug you in. Yeah. That's awesome. And, you know, and for everybody watching, listening out there, 
you know, you have the ability to become part of the solution. You have the ability to change the way you think. You want to feel better right now? You can change that right immediately by going to the realnessproject.org, right? That, that is the, that is the address. Yes, yes. So, yeah. So realnessproject.org, you know, go there, find out again, get involved, donate, you know, what a better transaction than to help an organization that's changing people's lives actively doing, they're actively doing this. And they're, what's even more amazing is, is not only just that you're doing it, but you're, you're getting the people that you're serving to, to, to tell their story and inspire other people. That's awesome. So, you know, to, I mean, if you have, I don't care if it's, you know, an extra $5, $50, whatever that is, man, what a, what a great feeling. What a great feeling to know that, that you can become part of the solution. So if you can't donate your time, you can't donate uh, your services and things, uh, you know, get involved, you know, get involved just by sharing, share this video, share this interview. Share, uh, go to Realness Project, uh, follow you. I think you're on, so you're on social on media. All you're on all the social, yes. Right? We yeah. actually have <laughs> formerly, one of our um, social media manager is um, formerly incarcerated and she's amazing. And she has been doing yeah. all these posts and we're like, these aren't getting out. We need people to share these. <laughs> and so yeah. that would be it also a huge way to go on Facebook or LinkedIn or um, Instagram, Twitter, just like, yeah, find, like our page and, and share. That would be that would be really, you know, really huge. 20, 20 years ago, I never guessed a, that being part of helping a nonprofit organization would be sharing. You know, hey guys, should go on and share this on social media or you know, social media wasn't really a thing then, but I guess it was maybe sort of a thing. But the <laughs> it was an embryo. but nowadays, yeah, but it is a thing. I mean, it's a thing. I mean, okay. you go on, you can share the post, you can just by sharing that post is it's huge. So even if you know, obviously there's a, uh, you can get involved, you can volunteer, you can donate, you can do all these things, but you can also just hit that share button. And, and that goes a long way. Awesome. I think that's a big part of actually, it, that's a, a first step in a lot of ways is to share the good that's going on in the world, share, but not just the good, not just the good news, mm -hmm. but share the organizations that are actually making a difference because I know you, you know, everybody there, you are there for the right reason. You're helping, you truly are helping people, helping people enough where they come work for you. They're working in the organization and they're also inspiring other people. Uh, not as part of the programming of what you do, as well as, as inspiring people that are a part of the community, as you just mentioned. Mm. So, I mean, that's absolutely huge, huge. So if you want to become part of that solution, make sure you get involved with the Realness Project. I'm hugely inspired, Jennifer, from this conversation. Um, just the, I, I, was, I was really inspired on your website. I think your website's awesome too, by the way. Um, just you. It's absolutely, your stories are incredible, everything else. You guys have to check this out. It's just absolutely um, amazing. I think you'd be inspired to uh, see how you can help become part of uh, the solution here and not the problem. But uh, Jennifer, any uh, last words before we hop off here? Mm. Just, we need more human connection in the world. And, you know, in prisons, everyone is, they're going to be out. 95% of people are coming out. And don't you want your neighbors and people in the community to just be more connected to themselves, to be relational leaders? Um, it just, you know, everything we can do to, to connect and see people um, with curiosity and with an open mind, I think just goes such a long ways in this, in this world. So yeah. uh, just really appreciate what you're doing, Jason, for to getting out the word and about all these incredible organizations and feel really honored to, to be here today and to have this conversation. So thank you yeah, so much. It's been an on you're welcome. And it's been an honor honor having a great conversation and and that's that's really part of what we're doing is to to bring uh to collectively bring the the great word out there to uh to share the solutions more importantly mm -hmm. that are that are available you know we've all heard of of you know donate you know get involved donate do all these great things but we never really hear the stories behind this we mm -hmm. you go to the website you might, you know, you go to the uh, you go to the annual dinner or whatever that might be. But problem is, is that you know the annual dinner might dinner might only hold a hundred people or maybe two hundred people or so, maybe more. But uh, what about what about tens of millions of people 
being involved and hearing these stories. And I think if everybody can, if, if you see this video, if you can subscribe to our channel, smack the bell so you can uh, get notified when we post new episodes, getting involved by sharing these stories, sharing these interviews, sharing this interview with uh, the real Jennifer here in the, the Realness Project is, is absolutely a big part of the solution. And I think that's really why we created the podcast and uh, that's really where we're, we're heading with things and, and who knows where we're headed, but I can tell you that whatever we do with the podcast as we continue is going to be always part of that solution, always talking about uh, what can we do as, as individuals, as a society to make the world a better place. I think we do that. The world will be a better place if we put our minds to it. So uh, it's, it's not going to be easy, but uh, with the help of great organizations that are actually doing the work mm. and, and, and you, everybody else here that uh, that's listening, can, that could be a part of that, man, what a better way to, uh, what a better feeling knowing that we, uh, we all can uh, be a part of what we want to see in the future. So. Oh yeah. High five. <laughs> High five to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. But, uh, so anyway, uh, with that said, uh, uh, everybody, thanks for watching and make sure you tune into the next episode where we are going to be talking about solutions. So thanks. Uh, thank you. And we'll catch you soon.